This is a podcast for the moments in life you say to yourself, now what? We will uncover hard topics such as fertility, infertility, the challenges it can bring to women in marriages, miscarriages, abortion, womanhood, identity, motherhood, and more. Wherever you're listening, we're so glad you're here. Now here's Kristen Comstock. Hey guys, welcome to Now What? I'm Kristen Comstock and just want to welcome you. We are going to talk about some hard topics or topics that aren't talked about very often. Um, So today I have my dear friend Tammy Stewart with me. So just want to introduce her. Um, And you are a wife and a mom of three boys. I am. Right? Um, Blaine Cameron in Austin. Yes. And you also have grandbabies. And what do they call you? They call me Gee. <laughs> and I love that because I haven't heard that It was supposed to be Granny, but the oldest changed it to Gee, and that was his prerogative, so it stuck. <laughs> I love that. And then you're also a licensed clinical social worker and a business owner. So tell me a little bit about what kind of business you have. So as a licensed clinical social worker, I am a clinician. I am a mental health professional. And so my business is a private practice offering um, mental health counseling Okay. Um, to most of the time in individuals but i do do some family counseling as well i love it and um so we're today what we're going to talk about is abortion we're going to talk about a really what i think is a a hard topic to talk about um because it's not often talked about and when it is there of course there's controversy with it mm-hmm. um and so before we really get into conversation about that i just want to read some statistics about abortion so the cdc's latest um information is for 2019 um and so here are some statistics there have been um 629,898 Legal induced abortions um, reported to the CDC from 49 reporting areas. The abortion ratio was 195 abortions per 1,000 live births. Um, And then in 2019, the women age range was 20 to 24 had 19 abortions among every 1,000 women in that age group. So, and that was the highest age group when I was looking at the statistics, the Mm -hmm. 20 um, to 24 age range was the highest. And then right there after that was the lower age range, the the young teens. So I thought those statistics were important just to kind of know and kind of chew on how many legal induced abortions there were in just one year. Mm. Um, It's a high, I think it's a high number. Um, so with that, we're going to get into our topic for today. So can you tell me, obviously our podcast is called Now What? And we say that our Now What moment, it can be that moment that you really have a realization about something, or it could be a moment where you're like, wow, my life is about to change. So tell me, Tammy, about your Now What moment in regards to our topic of abortion. So I have... Um, obviously had an abortion. I've actually had two. Okay. Um, and so I am not surprised by these numbers. 
Um, I think it's the fact that people don't talk about it because of the stigma. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the reasons why I'm here today having this conversation with you. My now what moment um, didn't come so much at the time of my abortions. And I was younger than the statistics that you read. Um, My now what moment came when I found Jesus Christ as my savior. I knew at the time of my abortions that something, it wasn't right. It didn't set well with me, mm-hmm. um, but I was I was 16 and 18 and I was scared and confused and didn't have um, the support that I needed at the time. So, um, but when I came to know Jesus Christ and I started to fellowship with other believers and was in church and in the word of God, that's when I realized um, what abortion truly meant mm. for me in my life and why I struggled so much with it. I struggled with shame. I struggled with um, just keeping just secrets. guilt and keeping secret. Nobody knew. Right. Nobody knew. Right. So you kind of already mentioned you ha- you did have two abortions, one at 16 and one at 18. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that first abortion circumstance. Tell me, like, what were the circumstances surrounding leading you to making that decision to abort your first child? So I found out that I was pregnant um, and was completely um, terrified it never even occurred to me that that might happen. I'm mm. not sure why. Um, and I was with a man, a young man who was very controlling. Mm-hmm. And um, he basically informed me that this is what was going to happen. And because I didn't have anybody in my camp offering me something else, and of course I wasn't telling anybody, right. so I wasn't inviting the support right. either. Um, now I was, just followed. Was that relationship a secret as a whole? Was your relationship with this young man a secret from everyone? Did they know? No, no people knew that we okay. were that we were together. We were dating. Um, we were a serious couple, as serious as you can be at sixteen <laughs> years old. Right. Um, and um, but it was funny because well, it's not funny. Everybody around me, my family, my friends at school, were telling me this wasn't a good relationship. Mm. But I just, I couldn't see it. I couldn't hear so it. So hard to see in the moment. Oh, for sure. I mean, I can look back today, right? And you know, forty years later, right? And I can go, what was I thinking? There were so many signs, but right. I didn't know what I didn't know. So you got pregnant, mm-hmm. and you found out you're pregnant. And it was, was it really just, he was like, this is what we're going to do. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So then let's talk about the circumstances of the second abortion. Mm -hmm. You, now, you know, you were 16, you had an abortion Mm -hmm. and now you're 18, you've gotten pregnant again. So tell me about the circumstances for that second abortion. Cause I know they were a little bit different just cause they we know each other and yes. I know a little bit about that. So, yeah. So, um, I actually made a decision. So we, we got engaged <laughs> much to my parents dismay. Um, but I made the decision that I no longer wanted to engage in sexual intercourse until I was married. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think back on that time, and I think even though I didn't know God, God was still with me. He mm-hmm. was still speaking to me, and I just didn't recognize that's His, where it was yeah. coming from. And 
um, a day came when this this man um, decided he didn't want to wait anymore, mm. um, which resulted in um, a rape. And that rape resulted in the pregnancy, uh, which I did not find out I was pregnant until after I had um, left my hometown to go away to college, which really was an escape route for me to get away from this person. Okay. Because I couldn't tell my parents what had happened. Um, I no, feared. Let's stop there. Okay. So, and, and I know our topic today isn't necessarily about rape. Correct. But you are with many other women that have been raped and it's resulted in a a child essentially whether right. that person has decided to have the child or not um so let's stop there why did you feel like you couldn't necessarily tell your family what had happened to get help from them part of it was shame okay right because everybody had been telling me that this wasn't a healthy relationship and i didn't listen mm. um Part of it was I felt like I had brought this onto myself. Mm -hmm. So I felt responsible for the rape at some point. Right. Um, and I, I was, I felt guilty. I felt embarrassed. Mm. Um, and so I shut out people. Um, I did tell two people when I realized that I was pregnant, I was in North Carolina mm -hmm. and I told my, my roommate who was my high school best friend, um, and I told the man that I was kind of flirting Seeing. with, who happens to be my husband today. <laughs> which is um, a whole other story we won't get into today. Which is a whole story, no. <laughs> um, but that, that was it. Um, and the idea for me in my mind, I, I couldn't even comprehend uh, having a baby that came as a result of a rape. Mm. That was my 18-year-old fearful, shameful brain right. that was making that decision. Right. Um, because today, I would I would look at that with a, f a new set of eyes, right? Right, right. yeah. Um, and so there's no judgment, you know, as far as that goes right. today. Right, um, But there was a lot of judgment um, yeah. from that point until when I found freedom from this. So... First of all, I'm really sorry that happened to you because you didn't deserve that. Thank and you. I just want to say if anybody else has experienced that, that is not something that it, it doesn't matter what you've done. You don't deserve that. No, um, no. But let's going back on to our topic of abortion mm -hmm. from those the actual experience of abortion and going through the medical process. Right. Did you have any trauma from that? Was there any oh. trauma that you experienced from going through that process? So I didn't leave with physical trauma that you hear about in some people's stories, but I definitely left with emotional and mental trauma. Um, it was a very clinical experience. Um, there was no nurturing. There was no kindness shown. Mm -hmm. um, you walked in. You were a number. They called you back. They did what they did. At no point was it ever shown to me that I had a choice, mm. that you don't have to do this. These are your choices. You have A, B, or C. Let's give you all the information mm. so that you can make an informed decision. I was never given that. I was. I know I've heard of places where they have uh, the sonograms now so you can hear the baby's heartbeat or 
um, they show the baby and so that you know they give information about adoption options and things of that nature. I wasn't given any information other than you want an abortion. Okay, here's your abortion. Give us your money. Now, how did you feel? Because at this point, you know, you've gone through this process. How did it feel to keep the abortions as a secret as a whole? It felt necessary. It felt ne- so what does that mean? Because that's that's very precise. It felt like essentially you didn't have another choice. You had to keep them a secret. Yeah. I've, Why did it feel that way? Um, safety for one reason. Um, because I would then have to open up a whole can of worms if I told anybody, if I told eventually I I did tell my mother. And in essence, I was having to say to her that I had taken away from her the opportunity to have two grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And I had a real um, understanding of that. Um, it meant that I was going to have to talk about this relationship and why I didn't listen to other people. It meant that I was going to have to have a conversation about um, what, abor- you know, people, everybody has an opinion about abortion. Right. Um, and that I was going to have to have these conversations over and over and either stand there and be beaten up or to try to stand my ground to explain why I made the decisions I made. But the truth is, is I didn't understand why I made those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so just for self-preservation, I felt like I had to keep it a secret. And again, I was so ashamed and I didn't even fully understand where that shame was coming from, mm-hmm. like why it was wrong, because it was very socially accepted. This was in right. the 80s. Right. A lot of people were having abortions then. Right. Um, but I I just, in my spirit, now I know that, knew that this wasn't right. Um, and I, I just didn't want to open myself up to the scrutiny. People had me on a pedestal um, at that time in my life. My family did. My school did. I was the captain of the cheerleading squad. I was going to say, you were kind born. of a lead. You were a leader. I was a leader. I was a leader. And so to to put my truth out there, and I was the first person to go to college from my family and, mm-hmm. you know, to say, hey, I went away to college to run away from my rapist. And oh, by the way, shortly after getting there, I found out I was pregnant and had an abortion. I just... It was just more than my mind could. Yeah, it was more than my mind could comprehend. Yeah, it ended up in a lot of unhealthy patterns for me in the beginning. There was there was definitely some trauma there. So what? So what were some of the unhealthy patterns? Uh, I drank a lot. Okay, uh, to numb out. um, What emotion? Because right now we're talking about shame pre freedom, meaning mm -hmm. pre you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And although you know that that choice to abort those two children was, we have to call it what it is, which is it's murder. murder. Mm -hmm. Um, But just pausing at pre-freedom, what were some of those unhealthy choices? And then how did it impact the trajectory of your life at that time? So drinking... Was it to the point where like you would miss class or oh for or sure it affected for sure okay okay yeah okay. my first my first semester GPA was a point eight six oh so I got my, my name right and I showed up maybe once now every then, other okay week. so just at that were your parents helping you pay for college or you know, did they know yeah. about your grades 
uh, they learned about my okay grades. okay because i was gonna and, say that and they cut me be, off at the end of my first year okay i was gonna say that would be kind of a pause for i'm sure a parent to say wait a second <laughs> what is going yeah. on right now for sure um and and it was at the end of that first year that some of my truth came out to my parents. Okay. Not about the abortions, but definitely about the rape because the question was asked basically what you said, but in a much more aggressive manner. What 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 are we paying for? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And um, why did you even go to college? I think was the question. And in the middle of the emotion, I blurted out, I went to college to run away because I was raped. And at wow. which point my parents were, I mean, it was a very insensitive way for me to to deliver the information. But, but like you said, you had been keeping this secret. Right. And also you didn't necessarily want to go through this story. Like anytime I know that some of the traumas that I've experienced, it's like when your family knows they're out of care, they want to know right. what happened. They want to know like what happened because naturally we think if we know that what happened maybe we can help fix the problem right and something like rape you can't really fix it's already happened and it's already affected you as a woman as a person mentally emotionally spiritually physically Mm -hmm. however it's may impacting you and so i could understand why you just (laughs) blurted (laughs) it out (laughs) um so what are some other things drinking what were some other things that um Um, that was an effect that came out of the rape. I mean, I, I obviously drinking, drinking to the point of blackout, like that was a real focus for me while I was in school, was to escape the pain that I was feeling and to pretend that none of this had happened. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the the boy that I met, and I went to college saying I wasn't going to date anybody and, and had no intentions of engaging with a man. Well, that's what we all said. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, four days after arriving, I met my now husband. And um, he, was, he was somebody that just knew, he knew everything right from the beginning. And I don't, I mean, I, again, I know it was God today, but... Right. Um, I, I, I turned to sex, um, because I felt I had been taught and conditioned to, that's how you love, Mm -hmm. that's how you give love, that's how you receive love. Um, he was a bit resistant because I was moving faster than he was ready. Right. But I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be accepted because I felt so broken. And that's how you were trying to fill that that hole. For sure. Was, this is how I've seen love. This is how I'm. I am. Yeah. I mean, you did love him. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, you guys are married and mm-hmm. have been for a long time. So you did love him. It just wasn't a fullness of love that we know with our spouses after we come to know the For Lord. Sure. So yes. Um and so he was kind of like, whoa, um, what else? So drinking, sex, was there anything else? That- um I mean I wasn't going to school. I wasn't taking care of myself, um, you know, physically. I mean I was showering and hygiene and all right, that right, right. stuff. But um all the things that I had been doing, you know, in my high school years working out and being socially engaged and and uh, doing all of these positive things. I was always 
volunteering in the school for different things, all of that went away. Right. Um, and I and I was just trying to get through the days. Mm. Um, there would be times when I was um, intoxicated and my husband would find me uh, curled up in a ball underneath a desk just crying mm. inconsolably and they and they couldn't do anything to help me because they didn't know he knew but other people around didn't know what was wrong with me so let's just pause in that moment because mm-hmm. i think that's something that many people can relate to um of going through a trauma that is so impactful on your life and where your life ends up going mm-hmm. um in that moment, was it the weight of the shame? Describe what specifically you think affected you so deeply that you would be found in that state. And I know I'm asking you to describe something that can be difficult or yeah, know, I know it was a while ago, but. No, I mean, I as you're asking, I can actually tap into those feelings. I was embarrassed embarrassed that I didn't listen to the people around me that clearly cared about me before Mm -hmm. this became a problem, before the trauma happened. Um, I was ashamed for not only did I have one abortion, but here I was having a second abortion. And I had a much bigger awareness at 18 of what an abortion felt like and and what it was. I was keeping secrets, which I didn't like. Um, Anytime anyone talked about, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so awesome, you're so this, because they had me on the pedestal, I felt like a complete um, fake, like Mm. a poser. I was, it was all a facade. Just a fraud. If you absolutely knew me, you wouldn't be saying saying any of these things. Um, And it really kept me stuck. It just, I felt very alone because I couldn't talk to anybody about it. Even though my husband knew that I had an abortion and supported me the best way he knew how to during that, he didn't understand it. I knew to some level he didn't agree with it. Um, Although he never judged me, never said anything, but I just kind of knew. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I didn't even feel like I could openly have a conversation with him over and over and over again, right, like I really right, right. needed to, I needed a counselor is what I needed. Yeah. And I didn't even allow myself to seek that. You needed a you. I needed a me. <laughs> yeah. To talk to. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why um, I do what I do today. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. And using what you've been through in the past to speak into mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, when it says all things work together for good for those who are called according to God's purpose, like I really understand that today Mm. because I can look back and go, even before I knew the Lord, he knew me and he took that thing that the devil just meant to destroy me with and he's using it for something so amazing today. But I had to be willing to walk in obedience before before I could really see the fruition of that. Yeah. So I think before we end, I think one of the biggest questions that could potentially be one of the most controversial questions Mm -hmm. that I would really like to dive into is why did you feel that you didn't have a choice? Because there are so many times that we hear argued on both sides of whatever you believe surrounding abortion of 
every, you hear all these people say, and I, I can't tell you how many people I have heard say, well, everybody has a choice. Don't you know you have a choice? Mm. And although I don't agree with abortion and I do think it is wrong and it is what it is, it's murder. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just tap in because there are so many women I have heard say, don't you know you have a choice? And there are so many women I have heard say, I didn't know I had a choice. So at the time, again, Mm pre-freedom, I want to hear if you can tap back into that, why at the time you felt you didn't have a choice. I really want to tap into that. That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that. So that's a really good question. Um, One, I... I truly did not believe I had a choice. Nobody nobody talked to me about you can ra- have this baby and give it up for adoption, that you can have this baby and raise it, and we will help you raise this baby. Like, nobody was having these conversations with me. But more so than that, I was in a state of panic. I'd had this traumatic rape occur, um, which was, if nothing else had happened, I would have been traumatized by that. Um, so I had this event occur. It happened by a man who was supposed to love me and take care of me, uh, whose ring who I was wearing. To. Yeah, that's right. Um, and when it happened, the idea that I would be tethered to a rapist because of a child, and I didn't think of it as a child. Mm-hmm. I thought of it as a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So there's there was a way of escaping the mm-hmm. reality of what was really happening. Anytime I thought about being tied to this person, I I just, I couldn't do it. It made me sick. It made me panic. Out. It just... made me run. I I couldn't even comprehend what that would look like. Right. And again, because I didn't know I had other choices. Right. Um it's the truth. I mean, at 18, and it was in a different different era, different time, right. um, that's that's where I was at. And not everybody will understand that. And I, and I get that. Right. Um, but we have to be careful um, because we don't know where another person's coming from. Yes, 100%. And, and you don't know where, where they are at. emotionally. You don't know the circumstances around it. What their background is. Mm-hmm what they've been taught yeah that's right that's right so and i don't want to go too deep into this next portion just because i know we're going to touch on it next time we're together okay but somebody that is currently experienced a rape that is pregnant or maybe that is just pregnant that they are contemplating um getting an abortion what would you tell them not necessarily, we know that what we would tell them would be don't do it, right? Like, right. Because we don't believe that that is right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the moment of emotions, what would you tell them to help them slow down to take in the information they need? Well, first I would tell them how sorry I am that they're even in the position to have to feel like they have a choice to make. Um, and and just mm. try to love on them and take some of that stigma away and take try to to soften the edges a little bit. Um, I can't fully fix them. I know that. Right. Um, I would definitely encourage them to to go to a um, 
an organization that might be in their area that talks to them about their choices, right? All of their All options. of their choices. Um, and that a lot of times these organizations will offer the resources if you want to keep your baby. Mm -hmm. um, they will offer you the resources to help you with that. Um, I would absolutely encourage them to get one-on-one -on -one counseling, um, a place where they can slow down and think about what is happening, and what do they believe. not with anybody else, right? Not no. with a fiance, not with a boyfriend, mm -mm. not with a husband, mm -mm. not with a parent, just one-on-one -on -one counseling. Just for so them. So they can truly talk through what their options That's are. That's right. And, and, and to be able to be honest without fear of repercussions. Right. Right? Um, because that that is a place where people can get stuck. You know, right. they start to edit their answers and they're not really being honest. Yeah. Um, and so really what it boils down to is I would have them not isolate, okay. you know, and go to the places where they can get the support that they need to talk through what they're going through and what their choices, what their options are right. so that they can make an informed decision. Because right. ultimately any woman that finds herself pregnant and in this position, they're going to have to make a decision. For sure. So I'm gonna pause there. Okay. And let you guys know, we're gonna pick this conversation back up uh, the next time we're together. And we're gonna talk about, we. what I want everyone to experience is a lot of times we hear somebody's story and they hear, oh, these years of hardship and then here I am and God is so good and all these things are great in my life that are happening. So the purpose is really, we wanna talk about the full mm -hmm. element of abortion, not just, I came out on the other side and now I have three boys, right? Um, so we're yeah. gonna pick this conversation up next week and or next time we're together and we're gonna be really talking about post-freedom um, so before we go, I, I want to read one of the scriptures that you said really uh, spoke to you during this season. Um, so it's Psalm 31, 1 through 5, and this is the English Standard Version. And it says, In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to, save, fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden me for, for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Mm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Now What with Kristen Comstock. Be sure to turn on your notifications so you don't miss the next episode. See you next time.